Well, good day to everybody. Uh, hope you're having a great uh, day as a local government leader. My name is Bill Stark, and I'm with LeaderGov, and we are excited to have you listen to our podcast today. We have a terrific topic, and it has to do with leadership and how you uh, lead from your personality, how your personality affects the way you lead, whether maybe successfully or maybe successfully not. So we're going to dig into that today. We have a wonderful guest, and her name is Heidi Latire. She's the customer success specialist at Cloverleaf. Heidi actually was an accountant for 15 years, so private sector focus at a big construction company in Cincinnati. Um, and uh, after she received her master's uh, in executive leadership, she realized, oops, my passion is actually for people, not numbers. Hmm. And um, so she, um, you know, really sort of shifted her focus from uh, a numbers uh, uh, area to, to people, which is the disc is all about people. So um, it's interesting. I like her quote. She said, I was a people person that liked numbers. That's that's an interesting way to say it. I want to explore that more, Heidi. Um, <laughs> and that obviously you made a decision to have a career shift from accounting uh, to move over to Cloverleaf, which is where you work today. You've been there a short amount of time, but Cloverleaf definitely with all of its assessment focus is all about people and all about relationships and improving relationships through understanding who you are as a person. So that's, um, it's really great to have you, Heidi. Good, good morning to you. Good morning. How's everyone doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, we hope well. Yeah. And I know you're in sunny Florida today, so I assume it's yeah. nice and warm there. Yes, it's, um, I think we, we calculated it's like a 60 degree difference between back home in Cincinnati and here in Florida. Um, we are experiencing an uh, unprecedented amount of snow back home. Um, we typically get some snow, but last year we didn't get any. And I think we're making up for it. They've gotten like 10 inches <clears throat> so far just in, in one night, three more on top. So we're expecting even more back home. So we are happy that, oh. we're, you know, obviously it's sad to miss such a fun you know thing, but yeah happy to be in warmer temperatures that's for yeah sure. <laughs> yeah very fortunate that's awesome <clears throat> well time. we wanted to touch on just today the, the, the topic today is really sort of an overview of disc uh, some people that are listening to this know what the disc assessment is some people do not and so we want to do a, a quick flyover kind of what is disc what is a personality assessment and what does the disc stand for so that's mm -hmm. kind of first and then we want to ask really the maybe the more important question which is how does my personality, D, I, S, or C, affect the way I lead. So that's kind of where we're going secondly. And then lastly, I want to talk to you about um, the way you all sort of rank a person's score on the, on the DISC assessment. So tell us, Heidi, uh, just again, a kind of a flyover of the DISC assessment. What do the letters mean? Is, is DISC a real popular assessment worldwide? Can you, can you share with us? Yeah, so DISC is very popular. <clears throat> um, so it typically, most companies either use DISC or 16 types um, or the top two. And in my past accounting world, um, that's what we used. That was the first assessment I was ever engaged with was DISC. Um, and it's always held like a special place in my heart because it introduced me to how assessments work. It's the first thing I go to, to me, because I am an accountant, I like those, you know, black and white figures. It's a little easier to understand. There's only four options. It's just high or low in those categories and how it affects you. Obviously you can dive way deeper into it if you want to, but if you want to stay high level, it's pretty simple to think about. 
Um, and so, yeah, so the D is dominance and dominance basically means that you, you hold the room. Um, you're someone that likes to make decisions very quickly. Um, someone that isn't going to have much BS go on behind the scenes. They're, they're to the point, they're straightforward. Um, and typically, typically, you know, it's called dominance for a reason. You're dominating the conversation. Um, influence is some, is people that really enjoy people. So as I'm sure you can assume with the, the intro that I was given, I am a very high eye. Um, I love working with people. It's people and influence with high influence really love the relationship building, really love to work with others um, and build on that. And so that's influence. And then the S is steadiness. I'm also very high in steadiness. Um, I think it also, I mean, because of my accounting background, I love processes. I love planning things. Um, I'm a little strange. I'm a 7S, um, Enneagram 7. Um, so for those of you who may know a little bit about Enneagram, 7 is, you know, someone that likes to be adventurous and things like that. So I never quite understood why I, you know, steadiness gets kind of a bad rap that they are hate change and they don't like change and they're going to be, you know, it's not that they hate change. I can't speak for everyone, but for me personally, it's not that I hate change. It's just, I need a minute to come up with my plan for my process and then let's move forward. So they just need that minute to prepare. Um, and conscientiousness is the C and basically they are people that love numbers. They love data. They love facts. Um, obviously in the accounting world, that was very key. And a lot of my colleagues were very high C's. Um, I wasn't as high of a C, which should have been my first clue of why I was, you know, just not as passionate about accounting as others were. Um, but yeah, so they wanted, they make decisions on data. They want to know where the facts are. So in thinking of the whole circle itself, you know, when you're high on D, you're very fast paced, quick decision making, that type of stuff. If you're high on S, you're very slow paced. You need to make, you need to have a process behind it before you make that decision. Um, so they're kind of the yin and the yang on the one side. And then the C and the I are the opposite as well. So C's are very data driven. They really need to make decisions on the facts. And I is all about relationship building and, okay, I need to make sure everyone's on the same page and that type of stuff before I make my decision. So that's in, in it all kind of plays in with each other. Obviously you're, you know, you can be a little bit of each and how that works. And we'll talk more about that when we talk about the levels, but that's just kind of a breeze over what those four are. Oh, you are muted, I believe. Oops. Yeah. I was muted there. <laughs> the, the thing that has always struck me about, um, working with people, particularly the opposites, um, is that I'm an I also. And if I go into the office of a C and I want to ask, let's say the CFO is, is a C and I want to ask for something, I go in and I basically try to win them over with enthusiasm <laughs> and uh, my excitement. And this is going to be great for the city or my department. And they look at me with a blank face and say, you know, you need to come back in here with a business plan, right? right. They want numbers. Mm -hmm. So if I could, as an I, just kind of pause before I go in the office and actually write down some statistics right. and how this is going to be justified in an ROI, right. you know, that C is going to really, really face up and, and we're going to have a better relationship, right? Wow. So tell me um, how these personality types can can be effective in your leadership. Um and then how sometimes if you do too much of it, if you're too strong, too overbearing in all of these styles, too heavy, 
uh, it, it can really take away from your effectiveness as a leader. Yeah. So in my past life and current life, um, I really, because I'm a strong S, I love working with these high D's because to me, they, they even me out. Um, so we always joke, um, and, and here at Cloverleaf, we always joke that Darren, our CEO is a total high D like he likes to keep it moving. He likes to make decision. He comes up with these ideas. Let's have it done tomorrow. Um, in the past of Cloverleaf, we never had an S until I came on board. Um, I recently retook the disc, which was really kind of interesting. And I've moved a little bit further out of my S. Um, but like my, and there's, this is a a deeper dive, but my, my inner, you know, actual, um, latent values is, is a high S, but because of the environment I'm in, I'm kind of pulled out of that. Um, so that's kind of interesting as well, but Darren and I work really well together because I'm telling him, slow down, give me a second. Let's, let's have a plan. Let's figure this out first before we jump. And he's like, he helps me move. So it really just depends on you know, as far as how you use what you're good at. Um, And I think it's very important to make sure you have that yin to your yang. If you're someone that's also, I'm very high eye and I need to sometimes focus on that data a little bit more. And so coming into a conversation, knowing what that person might need to be able to communicate better is key. Because like you said, you know, if you're going into the CFO and you're just saying, oh, this is going to be great. He's going to go, okay, why? You know, where's the facts behind this? Um, and, you know, in the same, you know, Darren's going to throw me a thousand things. I'm like, whoa. And so he knows that he has to slow down with me. So it so, just depends yeah. on how you do that. Yeah. So what are some things that D could do if they did them compulsively and they did them, let's say, over the line a little bit? What are some mm-hmm. things they could do? that would make them an ineffective leader? Sometimes you jump too fast. Um, a lot of Ds, they, they're, it's a, and I hate to give them a bad rap, but um, a lot of Ds jump quickly um, and, you know, don't want to hear it. They're just like ready to go. And so they don't always take the time to really think through what they're about to do. <clears throat> and that sometimes makes a great leader because you don't have time. Sometimes, you, you know, in those higher level positions, you need to just go and you need to make that decision and you need to keep it moving because if not, especially in, in our world, we're a startup. So, you know, if we would have taken all the time to make sure every little piece was completely right, we wouldn't be where we are today. So it does take a a certain type of personality for sure. So, but yeah, you could definitely go a little too far, be a little too demanding, a little too dominated of the conversation and, and oversee your teammates. Yeah. I also see uh, Heidi that, Oftentimes, D's will just take up all the oxygen in the room. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. They're, they're they're so strong and they're so opinionated, which is you know awesome in a way, right? But but when you talk all the time and you dominate the discussion, as a leader, you know you're not letting other voices be heard, right? You so you're not getting that diversity. Yes. And so we've we've seen that be kind of an issue. So tell me about the I now, and I'm I'm an I, so I won't take this personally, but you know as a <laughs> as a leader. Tell me how an eye can kind of get off the rails and really maybe mess up teamwork because they're just over, over the top. Yeah. Something that I did as a, as a leader in my old world, you know, I was in charge of quite a few accountants and a big team and a constant feedback I always had was quit being friends with everyone. You can't be everyone's friend. 
Um, and it was true, you know, giving feedback sometimes is a little harder for an eye because we want that relationship. We want to make sure everyone's on board. We want to make sure we're keeping that, you know, in our relationship intact with that person. So it's, it's really hard to give feedback for him and I, and so in a leadership position, you kind of have, you really have to keep that in check. Um, you really have to make sure that it's, if, and in my learnings as well, feedback is a gift. It's not, you know, we don't need to take it as a bad thing. Um, turning it into like, no, I'm helping this person. I'm not just yelling at them. Um, that's where I had to kind of make that shift and make that work for me. Um, but yes, high eyes, typically we are softies a lot of times and it's hard to, um, reel that in sometimes as well. So yeah, I think just keeping that in check is, is the hardest thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've heard it. Someone, uh, a, lo- a local government or someone mentioned to me one time that when they go in and do a contract negotiation with a vendor, um, I'm not sure who told me this, but I love the example that the manager was an I, the leader was an I. So okay. he, he or she was always trying to be super friendly with the vendor, right? Uh, relationship building. Right. And what they did strategically was they brought a C, a conscientious type compliant type in with them to take care of the numbers part and be sure it was accurate. But in and of itself, if the I was the only person in the room with that contract, they would get so enamored with everyone's personality and getting to know them and asking about their grandma. Right. You know, the details of the, of the agreement probably would be a little sloppy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I leaders can get in trouble when they don't pay attention to the details enough, you know, to cover that base. And so I, I really like what you're saying. Now tell me about the S a lot of good leaders are S's. Um, but how can they sometimes go off the rail and maybe uh, be a detriment, you know, to success? Yeah. So, and, and you touched on like D's and I's um, make decisions a little faster and C's and S's make decisions a little slower. And so S's get in their own way a lot of times. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a high S as well. And so I love to have a plan. I love to have a process. So for me, and this is also something just personally and, and has been said about us as well. You need to give us some sort of direction before we get there. So in a leadership position, sometimes you're not given that. And um, so sometimes you just have to, to leap and that's really hard for an S. And so, yeah, so the way I get around that is to make sure I have enough D's and enough, you know, I, have, I, I ch- ch- chime into my inner eye and just go, let's just go. You figure out the plan, you know, plan the best you can, but don't get sucked into the plan so much that you're worried about, you know, four steps ahead. Like we're not there yet. Like just go ahead and get done what you need currently. Um, And that's probably the hardest part of an S is that a lot of leadership people can't get past that, that process. And so you just got to keep, keep it moving. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I really like what you're saying because as a leader, you have to be aware of momentum. Mm-hmm. in your organization, you know, and let's say you're building a big city hall or some big project. And if you're all enmeshed in the details and processes and procedures and being comfortable with the next step, you may miss some of the momentum of the project when things are really going well. So you have to speed up. And the fact that S is sometimes stay in that slower mode and don't leap out, as you say, and take a little bit of a risk to get started it can really hold up uh, success for a city or a county or a water department. So that that's great. Now tell me about the C's. We love our C's. They love quality. They love yes. numbers and statistics. They're very logical people, right? Yes. So how can they sometimes kind of maybe 
hurt teamwork or success for the team? Yeah. So, you know, we talked about them being very data driven, um, fat, loving their facts and that's great, but sometimes you don't have all the facts yet. Um, again, getting back into Cloverleaf, we're a startup, so we don't have all that data yet. We're still too new to get that information. So if we focus too much on that, it's going to hold us back. Um, and, and also sometimes C's get so wrapped up into the data, into the numbers that they forget that there's a human behind it. Um, and so, especially with um, teammates, you know, you have to say, okay, yeah, just because their numbers aren't where they should be, what's causing that? It may not be because the math is wrong. It could be because they're just having a rough day and they need to have a conversation with you. So, um, yeah, sometimes we just need to take a step back and and think about because they are so factual and, and data driven is really just remember that we are people and we we do have a human aspect of that. Yeah, that's great. You know, we're kind of focusing on the negative here today, but I wanted to highlight where each uh, personality uh, style can sometimes hurt a city or a county or a department's success. And so thank you. Thank you for that. Um, um, the, the uh, you know, so a part of this uh, podcast that we're doing is um, we want to let people know that, that we actually will provide them with a free DISC assessment. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to know if I'm a D or an I, um, you can find out and take the assessment and go to the leader, leadergov.com website where we have a link to allow you to take a free DISC. Um, and so we're excited about that. So let's finish on this topic uh, just in the next couple of minutes, Heidi. Um, uh, are you only one style or can you be a blend of other styles? And if so, how do you know maybe numerically kind of where you stand? Your is, is 50, a 50 a good number? And so tell us about your rating system, yeah. I guess a zero to a hundred and how that works. So most disc assessments and, and color release disc assessment is based on a hundred point scale. Um, and basically that's how far you are in that quadrant. So if you are a super strong S, C, D, whatever, you would be closer to 100. Um, and if you don't use that part of, of you know, your disc background, um, you'll be a lower number, you know, one, two, threes. So for me personally, because I am so strong in the high I and S, um, when I took my assessment, right, when I started at Cloverleaf, I was a 96 in S and like an 82 or something in um, I. And I've always been that high. I've tested myself a few times and I've always been on that level. Um, I've been a 7D and in my 20s around the C. So for me, I stay the heck away from my from the D part of my brain. It's just not something I've I use. Um, and so for me to, you know, kind of even that out, I like to put myself with D so they can pull that out of me or they can kind of be that D for me a little bit um, and I can help be their S. So that's how I use it. Um, any, and you can be anything. I mean, there's people right in the center and, and use, you know, or 50, 50, 50, 50, you know, it doesn't, there's no, um, you can be a little bit of everything. You can be a, a high C and a high I, which is rare, but it does happen. So um, yeah, I think it's just under, and it, sometimes that's why it's hard to diagnose some people because you're like, man, what are they, you know, because they land in maybe a, a weird part of the circle. Um, but a lot of times you can, especially as you get 
get used to being able to diagnose people, um, you're like, oh yeah, that is for sure. You know, you're definitely an S or you're definitely a D. Um, sometimes you can just pull those right out. It just depends on, and, and it's that mainly, it's probably because they're pretty high in that letter. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. I, I do want to just encourage everybody here. Uh, you know, um, you can be an effective leader at any anywhere on the disc, right? 100%. So you could be uh, an effective leader as a D, as an I, S, or C. So that's that's number one. There's no really bad letters, right? They're all good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's just that as a leader, if we don't pay attention to these other areas, as you say, encircle yourself with people uh, different from you mm-hmm. to kind of help cover that area or grow into it some, right? And we just can't stay where we are exclusively because right. it'll ultimately, it'll ultimately hurt us as leaders. So, right. I think the biggest thing is just no matter what you are, um, you can definitely be a leader. You know, some people always ask, oh, are D's, you know, uh, there are there more D CEOs or, you know, there might be, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's, that's the right way. It just means that typically D's are loud and, and ready to go. And sometimes they just dominate the room and get that position. Just because you're a low, you know, you're a low D doesn't mean you can't get that. The biggest thing that makes you a fantastic leader is being able to tap into everyone's personalities and swing from one way to the other, because you have to be able to work with your team. That what's, that's what makes you a leader. It doesn't make you a leader if you can make decisions quickly or slowly or whatever. It's how you work within those teammates and within those different types that are different than you. Yeah, that's well, that's a great segue to kind of finish up uh, our podcast here. And that is uh, the fact that Cloverleaf is a it's a platform. It's a it's a website. And Mm -hmm. so it's a place that you go and actually all of your team members can take the disc. And it does serve as a way to um, coach. In effect, it it becomes a coaching platform where I'm able I'm able to see other personality types on my team, what their scores are, where they are on the circle. And then even your platform even gives some comparisons. It allows me to compare my style with, say, Susan, and it gives me tips on how to better relate to Susan, who is a C. And it reminds me, hey, Bill, when you go talk to Susan, you know, you probably need to have your numbers lined up. So don't just barge in there and talk to her about a grandma because she's going to want to know the facts. And so <laughs> your tool, your platform at Cloverleaf allows you to have this comparison which ultimately, you know, could, could be a coaching tool. I, I know it is a coaching tool, but it's just a really neat way to, uh, as I say, compare, contrast uh, personalities so that you have more effective relationships in local government. And we, of course, use the Cloverleaf platform. It's awesome. And um, we even have a, a kind of a separate um, way to serve local government where we can can show you this this bigger platform as opposed to just your disc report. So anyway, if you want to say anything about, about the platform and some of the features, that'd, that'd be great. Yeah. So um, Cloverleaf is a coaching software that works with assessments like DISC, like Enneagram, I'd mentioned before, 16 types via um, a lot of the popular ones here in the U.S. 
Um, and as well as we're bringing on to one uh, instinctive drives as, as an Australian based um, assessment, a culture assessment and strength scopes is a strength based assessment we're bringing on board should be hopefully out in the next couple of months. So um, but we take these uh, assessments and we, we joke about it, but we're taking them, you know, typically you get a binder with your results and everyone reads it. And you have this session and you're like, wow, this is really great information about myself. But how often do you hear about it from your teammate? And then you take that binder, you put it on your desk, on your shelf, on your desk, and then it collects dust and no one ever does it ever again. Um, so we're taking that binder off the desk and onto a daily platform that you get tips about yourself, about a teammate. Um, and then when you're going into that meeting, um, you can integrate it with your calendar. And then right away you're saying, oh, here I am, my high IS self. I'm going to go talk to a high DAC. Like, let's have, let's have a, how am I going to approach this conversation a little bit better? Um, productivity increases, you're able to have those frank conversations a little bit easier um, and be able to communicate better. So we do that just through dashboards. You get tips, um, daily tips. Um, there are 10 different assessments available at this time. So um, definitely a great way to increase productivity and teamwork between your teams. Um, and that's basically our goal is to allow people to do their best work. Um, imagine the best team you've ever been on and let's try to recreate that. Yeah, I really do like the way you all help um, bring it all together. <clears throat> and um, again, as you, you had said, that the platform even allows you to uh, look at the people that you're about to meet with if they're in the system Mm -hmm. and kind of prepare yourself, think through how am I, how am I going to be most effective with the people in the room? Okay. And it's a very, very powerful tool. So, um, but as I mentioned earlier, we, we are providing the DISC assessment for free uh, to local government leaders who <clears throat> request it on our website. And if you want that bigger platform discussion, we can talk about that separately. But this has been really good, Heidi. Thank you for kind of giving us a um, a, a peek into these different styles and how they affect um, uh, leaders and how they affect their success. We are very focused, as you know, um, on the success and development of leaders in local government, whether it's a supervisor of the water department or a finance director or a manager or a city manager, county manager. Uh, we really enjoy serving them and, and helping be a part of their leadership development. So Really appreciate you being with us today and uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the rest of your trip to Florida. Yes, for sure. Definitely enjoy the sun while we still can until we go home to that snow. So <laughs> we're happy to be here for the moment. That's great. Take care. Thank you again, Heidi. Thank you so much.